0: Mike here. I'm, I'm here with a very special friend, very special guest. This is Kevin, number two again. Originally from Perrysburg, Ohio. Uh, what's the high school mascot of Perrysburg High School? Uh, called the Yellow Jackets, but my wife calls them the Bumblebees. Okay, so um, per- perfect because yes. Ohio, Ohio's agricultural, so Yellow Jackets works perfectly. Yes. Um, and then, uh, then you went to Ohio State yes and now you sell crimson cup coffee i do we are we are huge fans of coffee on the podcast tell us a little bit about what makes crimson cup uh, special you are totally setting me up right now (laughs) so that
1: you can say stop talking so i'm just gonna not say that at all (laughs)
0: dang it i was hoping you'd forgotten i was gonna do that um All right. So Kevin, Kevin is in Columbus. Um, we have today mid seventies and windy and sunny skies. And so I am, I, I'm in maybe the best mood I've ever been in. My, everyone keeps saying, man, isn't this worth it? And I'm like, heck no, this is not worth five months of torture to appreciate a day like today. I got to appreciate days like today all year round. In other parts of the country, dog on it. So, Kevin was the guy who said to me before this winter, "Hey, I've had I've had my snow shovel. It's brand new. I haven't used it in two years. And then all of a sudden, we have the worst winter in how many years? Do you think? Uh, five, yeah. eight. Yeah. Thank eight. you. Thank you for that, Kevin. All right. So what we're going to do today <laughs> is we are going to. I mean, there's there's stuff blowing up in the Twitterverse, ladies and gentlemen and it's incredibly important that um we do some virtue signaling and 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 because our people are waiting to hear our take on these things so it's very very important that we speak uh, to these things um so i, I want to try to get through three different things that have happened a couple are very serious uh one is just kind of funny but i'm in a good mood today because of the weather so I, i'll get more serious but right now Man, the angels are singing, the birds are tweeting, um, Twitter people are tweeting too. It's just, it's outstanding today. So uh, here's what we're going to do. GQ, um, of which Kevin and I are both members, um, GQ the Magazine, I don't know if they have membership, but GQ the Magazine uh, wrote an article that came out a couple weeks ago, and it was 21 books that are considered classics that you really can skip. Like they're just not that good. And to the horror and shock of all, they included the Bible on that list. And they wrote a little blurb about each of the books, you know, that was considered a classic. Um, but, but really could be skipped over. And I thought the blurb they wrote about the Bible was super interesting. So I was outraged instantly. The GQ, a a magazine noted for its literary expertise, would include the Bible on a list of
1: books not to read. That's amazing. And one that you take all of your fashion statements from as well. Yep. Sandals, shorts, and t-shirt. Well, and
0: uh, a belt of leather and a cloak of, what do you hair? I didn't Earth's read. Hair, I didn't read the last the magazine. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Well, let me just say, we know a couple of things for sure. That all the people used greatly by God were bald and thick. Uh, and that's true. When you look at historical reconstructions, none of them wore skinny jeans. Not one, Kevin. All right. Now, so this is the blurb. This is the blurb that GQ wrote about the Bible, the Holy Bible. Is rated very highly by all the people who supposedly live by it, but who uh, actually have not read it. (laughs) Those who have read it know that there are some good parts, but overall, it is certainly not the finest thing that man has ever produced. It is repetitive, self-contradictory, sentientious, sententious. Uh, Do you know? I don't know what that means. Sententious. Uh, Grammar nerds, where are you? Sententious. Uh, foolish and even at times ill-intentioned. Ooh, Kevin, what's your reaction to GQ? Uh,
1: foolish and self-contradictory are interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: ill-intentioned. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And that word, sententious. Sententious. Look at Google it. I'm Google. Crack research staff on it right now. But but it was it was very interesting to. Um, uh, nevertheless to have uh, a publication like this, who's sententious, given to moralizing in a pompous or affected manner. <laughs> See, I think he's describing Christians. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So uh, it, it is... Uh, first of all, and and of course, Twitterverse, half of Twitterverse blows up and, and is offended that you would put the Bible on this, you know, and and so let's let's just kind of get this one out of the way. It is a it is a pretty darn weird book, and if you're looking at it as as like a literary classic, yeah, I wouldn't put that on a on a on a list either. It's not a literary classic. It's something a lot different. It's also interesting that he notes, I think he or she notes. That uh, a lot of people claim to live by it but don't really read it, and that's true. So, I, I think it's absolutely the case that when we talk about the Bible, you really are talking about the, the most popular, least read book in history. And I don't mean read like, yeah, I have my devotional reading. I mean, I'm a, I like, I mean, like studied and saturated uh, in and, you know, marinating in the text. And, and beyond just, hey, here's a cute devotional word that I really like that applies, you know, to my self esteem today. Hallelujah for that, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so I love the fact that even somebody like this knows, hey, Christians rarely read this thing. Um, we like our preachers to read it for us and explain it to us. Um, and obviously there are shining exceptions, but the, the Bible really is this book that everyone thinks they know, um, but, but not really. And if If you were just reading it from that perspective not necessarily from a christian perspective or theistic perspective uh i have no problem understanding why you would think it's repetitive duh duh read chronicles and kings baby where 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 is the repetition (laughs) Where um, oh. there's a couple places seems like it's driving this similar point home uh, a thousand different ways yeah. yes yeah but but you know I mean, if you were reading the gospels for the first time you're like dude I read this story last book right about Jesus like okay how many times do you have to read about him healing a leper I got it when doesn't he die right you know right and and so uh, so self contradictory no that's an interesting one because if without any background absolutely. It comes across that way. I mean, even the resurrection accounts of Jesus are crazy. Trying to like harmonize them, and so, um, so, so. Granted, there, sententious. I think that's more about people that <laughs> claim to live by the Bible than the Bible itself, because the Bible's pretty honest about um, about its the the shortcomings of its authors, right? I mean, I just they, I, I go, man, there's not a lot of moralizing. Um, because the the people that are doing the moralizing are so are seen to be so flawed in the in the text itself I just find that interesting foolish you you reacted to Well, I, where I don't understand that one so
1: much as to why it would be foolish but... maybe,
0: maybe because it, it's outdated like um, we know now that gay people don't choose to be gay so to have something that says that gay people you know are living in sin or that um, women can't be leaders or i mean so i i read foolish is outdated or dumb um and even at times ill intention i don't i don't get that one but what's fascinating to me is first um absolutely there are far more people that claim to read the bible than actually read it even those who read it Often are just kind of digesting little bits and pieces and nuggets of it through kind of a self-esteem therapeutic filter. Um, but if if somebody asked me if I thought the Bible were these things, um, I, I would actually say I would agree on repetitive, for sure. Which but, that's not that's not necessarily negative. No, no, no. It's not like I need reminding or anything. Right. Um, but I would I would I would say well. If, if you're judging the Bible by its literary quality, okay, and if you're judging the Bible from a position of morality that sees the Bible as regressive and backward, well, of course, I, I draw the same conclusions. You know, it seems very boring. It seems generally um, uh, overly complex. God does seem like, what, what's up with all these sacrifices? I mean, I got it. But that's not the what, what the Bible has ever claimed to be. This was never uh, a book of literature um, to be up there with, you know, the catcher in the rye. I mean, this was, this was the Bible, as we've said before, is this library uh, that stands as a witness to God's interacting with imperfect human beings and imperfect communities trying to accomplish god's purposes through them and so so of course it's crazy because human beings are crazy of course it is but i would i would argue the bible's been used to produce ill but the bible itself is not ill intention the bible's been used by the sententious which is my new word for the day but itself is not um uh because you know i mean the the irony is you're sententious and writing that the Bible sententious, you Absolutely. know, I mean? that's the, that's the, that's the thing. So, <laughs> so anyway, I don't know what, what other, any other thoughts? Well, so yeah. Why, why does this matter? Why, why are we even talking about this? What's your, what's okay. Your Cause here's the here. reason. Okay. Th- thank you for bringing that, for bringing that clarity. The reason that it matters to me is uh, we should not be surprised when people who do not um, live a Jesus kind of life, Take issue with the book that we claim to be authoritative. So having a bunch of Christians on Twitter criticize GQ accomplishes nothing except proving, you know, the sententious point. (laughs) And and I think it is illustrative, illustrative, illustratively, it is (coughs) it is something that illustrates the 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 fact that far too many of us relate to the world as if it were threatening to us so there's the siege mentality the bible's under attack christmas is under attack our religious liberties are under attack our rights are under attack and um and that is so not the position of jesus of nazareth that is so not the testimony of the early church right they were really under attack they were dying for their faith and and the consistent encouragement is live such good lives among the unbelieving that they would see your good deeds and praise the father in heaven i mean that was that was the encouragement dallas willard and this is all an excuse to get to this dollar willard quote because this this thing to me was i mean he is to me what c s Lewis is to a lot of people i mean he's just he just says things that like I've half thought, but he says them better, deeper, richer, and so i've given yeah, up given they- up.
1: Uh, the common man, like myself, uh, John Ortberg, is, is to me what Dallas Willard is to you. So, so if you guys are wondering the types of people sitting on this mic, you've got the brilliant Mike Erie, and then Balls. you've got the commoner
0: Kevin, the, yes. number two, Crimson Cup, the Crimson Cup commoner. No, don't don't associate. And I love your crimson shirt. I wore red today. Okay. Go Bucks. Okay. Well, that. Always, always and every day but it is the irony of you having a tiger woods kind of crimson shirt as a seller of crimson i'm wearing crap. gray pants not black pants okay now dallas willard quote and i love this and this to me totally wrecked me he says uh or writes excuse me the gospel of jesus does not require cultural privilege or even social recognition in order to flourish. See, we think it does. It requires our cultural privilege. It requires respect, requires status. Even among those people that don't buy it, we insist on it. He says it does not require any of that in order to flourish. God's work is not disadvantaged by persecution, even to death and much less so by mere pluralism. As Christians, we now stand in the kingdom of the heavens, and it is always true that they who are for us are more than they who are against us. It, always, it is always true that the one who is uh, in us is greater than the one who is in the world. And he gives the example of Elijah, um, and, and it's an Old Testament story in the Prophets of Baal, where uh, whoever can call down fire from heaven is the God that's real right you remember this story yep you were there and um and so there's israel is divided in its allegiance and elijah's like hey if baal's god worship him if yahweh is god worship him but you gotta you gotta pick one baby so they had this thing where they built altars and whoever could call down from heaven call fire down from heaven so that the altar would go on you know get lit on fire uh that was the god who was real And, and what, so the the prophets of Baal work themselves up in a frenzy and they're whipping themselves and they're chanting and dancing. I mean, it's forever, forever. And Elijah starts taunting them. Hey, is he asleep? You have to wake him up. And that's, that's actually a taunt that was given because Baal had a, had a drinking problem. And so often he was known to slumber. On his followers so uh, elijah is taunting them taunting them taunting them and then what elijah does is he actually gives himself as many disadvantages as possible so he dumps water uh i think it's three times on the wood of the altar so so that there's no way it's naturally going to catch um catch flame and then he calls down he prays once and he calls down god's fire and god's fire <laughs> god's fire not only lights up the altar but takes out the priests of Baal and God, Yahweh wins. Um, but the idea, the, the metaphor that Dallas is using is, is that God doesn't need, God, God loves the disadvantages because it actually shows that it's from him and not from human beings. He does, this all, he does this all over the scriptures, right? Guy named Gideon. Hey, Gideon, you're going up against 80,000, 90,000 Midianites. Uh, you've got 33,000 Israelites. That's way too many. So he whittles, he makes Gideon whittle his force down to 300 people and says very basically, hey, it's so you know that it was I who did this. Or Paul would even say, listen, when you look at messengers of Christ, speakers and teachers and uh, prophets and priests, don't ever think that they're special. They are; they have treasure, but they are themselves are a jar of clay. So, so, And God does this so that people will know this message is from God and not from them. So God disadvantages himself always. So we, there's just so much effort in American Christianity right now to maintain our boundaries, to maintain our cultural privilege, to maintain our social recognition. And so here comes a a group of people that aren't Christians saying, hey, the Bible's overrated. And, and first of all, we're totally hypocritical to critique somebody who says the Bible is overrated when most of us don't even spend time in it. But then secondly, we get all fired up about the culture war again. And it's what, I mean, what a waste. Okay, right? So rather than defend the thing, it seems like the much better attempt is just to invite people to read it. And, I, and don't just start in, in Genesis, start in Luke. Start in Mark. Start with the beauty and majesty of Jesus. Because to me, Going from the Old Testament to Jesus is a far different thing than going from Jesus to the Old Testament. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So, so it's interesting, too. I think that um, I'm sure I don't want to make assumptions. We don't wanna make assumptions. But the guy writing this this article, uh, if we back up and we take marketing 101, we take social media 101. Clickbait. Uh, clickbait. You make fun of the Bible or you trash Christians and you're going to get a lot more traction digitally. That's true. Than any other thing. And so part of it is just like we, so hold on, we let's fed tr- let's, into. Let's try that. <laughs> Christians suck. Let's see if that happens. Are, are you talking about me again? Uh,
0: well... Well, Are you a Christian? That, I am. I am. Wearing. How can you be a Christian and sell coffee? How can you waste your life This, like is, I, this is. on. This is Lamb, on the internet,
1: right? This, this is, this is this live. Be, this is public.
0: This, yeah. Uh, I plead the fifth. Okay. Now, the next thing we um, we were outraged by, and this one is far more serious. Okay. So there's this guy. This is our outrage episode so there's this I am outraged yes but this is legit outrage because there's this guy whose name is Paige Patterson who's the head of I don't know if he's the head of the whole denomination like Southern Baptist or Southern Baptist Seminary or I I don't really know I'm not familiar at all with that with the hierarchies and stuff did you say his name was Paige Patterson correct okay I yep hey hey.
1: (laughs) I've got young boys at home so I was just thinking about his initials oh that's funny
0: I, yep, that's how. That's how my they life. It's oh yeah, blame them. Sure, <laughs> I'm also a kid. Yeah, exactly. I think. I think. Commoner. There's there's some there's there's some point at which every male realizes they're still 12. You know, and maybe that's in your 30s and 40s. I'm not sure, but anyway. So Paige Patterson wrote this, and, and again, I I don't know how this came about. I don't know this person. I don't know the context, but I but here's a quote. Um, taken from somewhere. Now, again, it could be totally made up. It, the point is not whether or not this person said it. The point is this is a view that is said in in parts of Christian subculture. Okay, so I can't give any context to this, but here's what the quote was, and it's been reported over several different uh, news sources. And so, you know, I thought, well, okay. I had a woman, he said, who was in church that I served and she was being sub- subject to some abuse. And I told her, all right, what I want you to do is every evening, I want you to get down by your bed, just as he goes to sleep, get down by the bed. And when you think he's just about to sleep, you just pray and ask God to intervene, not out loud quietly. But I said, you, you just pray there. And I said, get ready because he may get a little more violent. You know when he discovers this and sure enough he did she came to church one morning with both eyes black and she was angry at me and at god and the world for that matter and she said i hope you're happy and i said yes ma'am i am and i said i'm sorry about that but i'm very happy okay and he continues and what she didn't know when we sat down in church that morning was that her husband had come in and was standing at the back first time he has ever he had ever came Uh, and when I gave the invitation that morning he was the first one down in front and his heart was broken and he said my wife's praying for me and I can't believe what I did to her and he said do you do you think God can forgive somebody like me and he's a great husband today and it all came about because she sought God on a regular basis and remember when nobody else can help God can and in the meantime you have to do what you can at home to be submissive in every way that you can and elevate him. Obviously, if he's doing that kind of thing, he's got some very deep spiritual problems in his life, and you have to pray that God brings into the intersection of his life those people and those events that need to come into his life to arrest him and bring him to his knees. All right, so, needless to say, this did not go over well on Twitterverse, and, and in this instance, I think the outrage is very warranted. Um, I mean, first, Kevin, reaction
1: uh whoa is a, a word that comes to my <laughs> head um i'm sorry mm-hmm. comes to my head uh this is a tough one um because this is this is going back to the earlier conversation this is a, a a story where i think he's pulling from scripture some things that have been twisted a little bit and uh he's using that as literal translation
0: and yeah yeah putting it into play well there there is a there is a passage in first corinthians uh, 7 where paul encourages a believing wife to stay with her unbelieving husband absolutely but but there is nothing in first corinthians or in any place that says that if he is physically abusive um that you that that, that advice and counsel holds in that moment there's nothing that is even hinted at about right. this So, so just, I want to march through this real quick because uh, again, if he said it, he's an idiot. Um, but I know people think this, so I'm using this as an example of a greater thing. to talk about. So he said, I had a woman who was in the church that I served. She was being subject to abuse. And I told her, all right, what I want you to do is every evening, I want you to get down by your bed just as he goes to sleep. Get down by your bed. When you think he's asleep, just pray. Ask God to intervene, not too loud, but quietly. Okay, that, first of all, praying, of course. Of course, pray. But the first thing this person should have said to this lady, what I want you to do is get out of the house. Call the police, get out of the house, separate yourself so that he cannot do any further harm, and then pray like crazy. But do not, do not stay in the abusive relationship if you are physically in danger. I mean, there is, n- J- can you imagine Jesus of Nazareth saying something like this? I mean, that, no, this is ridiculous. And then when he says, get ready, because he get he may get a little more violent. Are you kidding me? Um, the, the the idea the idea that you have to you have to put up with his violence uh in order to save him is absolutely ridiculous. And then he says, in the meantime, be submissive in every way and elevate him. Oh, okay, that sounds totally biblical. Not Um, and we talked about why, but elevate him, let's keep him, you're on eggshell, So let's just make sure you keep propping him up. Don't ever address the real issue. Just make sure he's feeling good about himself and powerful, be submissive in every way. Obviously, if he's doing that kind of thing, he's got some very deep spiritual problems. Hell yes. And you have to pray that God brings into the intersection of his life, those people and those events that need to come into his life to arrest him and bring him to his knees. All right. He's already done it. The minute you hit your wife, God has arranged, not arranged, not even remotely arranged, but God has now now given whatever ammo is needed to arrest somebody and bring them to their knees. That's the event. You don't wait for some other freaking event. That's the event. And you're sitting there and taking it does not help your husband, nor, nor is it a godly thing to do to, to put up with uh, physical violence towards you for the sake of your husband's salvation. Right, I mean, oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, and then, and then to have a woman who comes in with black eyes and to look at her and say, hey, I'm happy because your husband came to Jesus. Oh, my Lord. What? I mean, this is so anti-Christian. Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you. You're welcome. And, and I mean, I just can't even, and so I'm just like, Listen, I, I do think the Bible permits divorce. We have a whole episode on divorce. And I think physical abuse constitutes, you can say it's a, a desertion. You can say it's abandonment. You can say it's a breaking of vows. I don't care. Now, I've seen, I have seen Jesus do some incredible work um, with people who've been cheated on, with, uh, with with emotional abuse. I mean, absolutely. no No question it can be redeemed. The issue is, Is it redeemed best through the woman's silent submission to this abuse? Or is this the event where the authorities get called, where the woman says enough? And and, and think about how many women don't come forward. Whoa. Because that's the advice they'll get. It's terrible. (laughs) No, I mean, it's one of those. It's like
1: the advice should have been drive over to the guy's house take care of them <laughs> <laughs> go, go no, to, but I mean it, it's go just, to Craigslist and hire a thug to even visually as you read through this story it's like it puts imagery in my head and it just breaks my heart that yeah. that as a man that he would be so thankful this guy is in church seeing his wife like that I, I just right.
0: and then and then there's one other point I want to make and then we'll be <laughs> outraged by something else perfect but the idea that all he has to do is show up to church once and come forward in tears and that somehow that's repentance that's not true that's not true maybe maybe i know those stories happen but i i also know that abusers are terribly manipulative and and that that could be a totally false repentance that woos the woman back into the home and then a month, six months, a year later, the abuse happens again. And, the, and, the, and then everyone was like, oh, look at how repentant this guy is. No, 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 there is fruit to repentance, baby. And that fruit is only demonstrated by time. So if you are listening to the sound of our voices and you are in this kind of relationship, please do not seek the counsel of anybody else. Get the heck out of there first and then talk to people. Um, really just separate yourself if you are in physical danger go to the police Uh, there are domestic violence uh, advocates that are attached uh, in most police to most police uh, stations Um, find one of them I know it's horrifying you do not deserve this Uh, this is not your fault Um, but but please do not give credence to people in religious authority who would encourage you to stay in a situation like that physically. Now, could it be that separation could redeem the marriage? Of course. I mean, God can do whatever, but He will not. Only if you're being persecuted for the sake of Jesus, right? People are asking you to deny the Lordship of Christ. Okay. Well, then, oh, then we put our lives down, right? I mean, that's okay. Otherwise, this is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So. Um, so boo on you for thinking. So was this,
1: was this, uh, this guy is, it's a former quote, something that happened in the past. Is he, is this in the article? Is he advocating that this is true now moving forward? He came out with a, an
0: explanation that, that further muddied the, the defended what he wrote. Yeah. Well, but it didn't do a great job and it further muddied the. The waters and I don't remember exactly what he said in his defense but if you're interested go to the religious news service RNS on Twitter they have a whole bunch of stuff um, on this I mean it's just absolutely crazy but I but again I mean it's just one of those things where uh, we have so much we have so many better things to talk about but when this stuff gets traction and is put into the public sphere by religious figures or from religious figures It feels like we got to say something because there are a number of people who listen, um, not only to, you know, those sorts of things, but to even our, our little show who uh, think that somehow that's what Christians think. And that goes exactly as you said, into the first critique, if that's in the Bible, that is foolish. That is ridiculous. I mean, that's harmful, right? And I wonder how many women. I mean, if you looked at it, I mean, how many millions of women have uh, received that same counsel or were sure they were going to and stayed in very physically harmful situations? Um, I mean, I just think Jesus weeps over that stuff. Absolutely. And, and so, no man, it never says, it never, never says, uh, in order to win your unbelieving spouse, that you have to stay there and be physically harmed. That is absolutely ridiculous. All right. Last thing, and we're already at half an hour, Kevin, because you talk so much. Um, Beth Moore, so I don't I don't know her. Um, I, I mean, I know she's she uh, is part of a large ministry. I know she lives in Texas. Um, I've heard of her for years. and um, it, but it wasn't until recently, maybe in the last year or so, that I followed her on Twitter and um have been deeply blessed like like i know it sounds i mean like like twitter does not have power but the stuff that's going on in her soul as she's working it out publicly is is incredible and it's been i've learned i've i've been blessed i've been encouraged I've been convicted by stuff she's written. So I've just been, become a huge, huge fan. Well, what took you so long? Why just exactly, last year? Exactly. Well, I didn't know who she was. I mean, we never intersected. Uh-huh. Well, she, I think Beth,
1: she spoke at like one of the very first passion gatherings with Louis Giglio yeah, back never, in the day. So, so younger, younger folks, yeah. oh, the younger hurtful. generation uh, oh, have followed her
0: for a, that's long, hurtful. a long time. So I was just curious. I'm a very smallish fish in a very smallish pond. All right, so, so the conferences I go to, uh, and I'm invited to speak at, people like Beth Moore not there. So I have, I just never heard. I just never forgive my ignorance and delay. Well, you need to I, get a little bit more books sales
1: to, <laughs> to get at the bigger conferences and do the right, deal. exactly. And, you know, Dang I, it. I uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that people just don't read your stuff. I know, I know. I would
0: say I've written two good books out of the five yeah <laughs> well, they, uh, I'd say three okay three three I don't remember the other two titles but um. <laughs> I, I went back and actually read the beginning of, of one of them and I was like oh my lord this is awful like this is awful I thought it was great at the time this is horrible isn't it amazing though how oh. we, the, the older we get, oh. get we go back and read things we wrote it's like whoa I just got an email from Amazon restaurants here seven dollars for dinner um So, awesome. Jeff? Get us back on track. Thank you, Amazon. Beth Moore. (laughs) Yes. All right. So anyway, um, so I'm just a huge, huge respecter, but I'm coming late to the party. Uh, And she wrote a letter yesterday on her website. It was called A Letter to My Brothers. And um, I, I found it just tragic and heartbreaking and suffocating and convicting and everything and so I, I could not go you know in terms of like other things uh, that were outraged this was when i was outraged at me and the culture that that we've all created um so so here i'm just going to read some excerpts from it because i think they're they speak for themselves they don't need me to validate them or or us to comment on i just think wow um this theology matters and um and theology can be such a great hiding place um so so or so we can be very sinful and we can hide behind our theology i mean and we just had another example of that you know right before this one but here's here's a different one she says "As, as a woman leader in the conservative evangelical world i learned early to show constant pronounced deference not just proper respect which i was glad to show Uh, but constant pronounced deference to male leaders and when placed in situations to serve alongside of them to do so apologetically. I issued disclaimers ad nauseum. I wore flats instead of heels when I knew I'd be serving alongside a man of shorter stature so that I wouldn't be taller than he. How That's, that's crazy. I've ridden elevators and hotels packed with fellow leaders who were serving at the same event and not been spoken to. And even more awkwardly in the same vehicles where I was never acknowledged. I've been in team meetings where I was either ignored or made fun of the latter of which I, I was expected to understand was all in good fun. I I am a laugher. I can take jokes and make jokes. I know good fun when I'm having it. I also know when I'm being dismissed and ridiculed. I was the elephant in the room with a skirt on. I've been talked down by two by male seminary students and held my tongue when I wanted to say, brother, I was getting up before dawn to pray and pour over the scriptures when you were still in your pull-ups. Boom. Some will inevitably argue that the disrespect shown to me was not over gender, but my lack of formal education, but that too largely goes back to issues of gender. Where was a woman in my generation and denomination to get seminary training to actually teach the scriptures? Right? They, they didn't. Uh, there were, they weren't open. Um, I have accepted these kinds of challenges for all these years because they were simply part of it. And because opposition and difficulties are norms for servants of Christ, I've accepted them because I love Jesus with my whole heart and will, um, and will serve him to the death. Um, I accepted the peculiarities uh, accompanying female leadership in a conservative Christian world because I chose to believe that whether or not some of the actions and attitudes seemed godly to me, they were rooted in deep convictions based on passages in 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Corinthians 14. Then in early 2016, Uh, Then early 2016 surfaced attitudes among some key Christian leaders that smacked of misogyny, objectification, and astonishing disesteem of women, and it spread like wildfire. It was just the beginning. I came to face to face with one of the most demoralizing realizations of my adult life. Scripture was not the reason for the colossal disregard and disrespect of women among many of these men. It was only the excuse. Sin was the reason. Ungodliness. Oh, Dang. So is it possible to believe that women should um, not hold positions of leadership and treat women well? Of course. Absolutely. You can, you can, and there was even a, um, an apology written by a guy from the Gospel Coalition who was very specific in his body. I mean, it was beautiful how specific this person was. It was really, he was a, he's a man and it just had, he owned it. It was, it was really powerful. Um, so yes, I'm not, I never want to say, Hey, this is the result of certain kinds of theology. I'm just saying certain kinds of theology very easily lead to disregarding of other people. If you really don't believe that human beings are made in the image of God, like deep down, really easy to demonize your enemy. If you don't believe that women are made in the Imago Dei and are, are equal uh, of, of incredible, absolute, unsurpassing worth uh, as co-image bearers of, of God, doesn't matter what your theology is. If you treat them like crap, you've just shown us what you really think, right? Theology, this is where theology matters. And, um, and certainly people that hold an egalitarian perspective don't always treat women well. We're seeing that in the case of Willow Creek, and that's a whole other thing that we can be talking about. Um, but... Uh, so, so there are exceptions in every direction, of course, but, but the idea that you can hide behind, it's like, like, it's like the LGBTQ issues, right? Uh, I don't have to love them because scripture says that's sinful. <laughs> and and you just are like, oh my lord. Oh my lord. If that was the test, man, then then you can't love anybody.
1: They miss the repetitive nature of the Bible. <laughs> this says love people, love God, love people, love, oh, yeah. love God, love people. Love love God. If you love really love God, people. you'll love people. That's that's the that's why it's not a top twenty-five <laughs> classical literature because of the repetitiveness. Right. Of it's those two things. Like, it's
0: almost like we need that. Uh, no. I mean, we don't do that? What? So, I know. Kudos to Beth Moore for for putting up with that nonsense. And kudos for, for writing what it was really like. And, you know, the first thing it always causes in me is, okay, it's great I can critique other people for their dumbness, but I always have to look at the log in my own eye. And so I just had a good long think yesterday about okay, how have I contributed to that kind of culture? And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, there's the faux outrage of like the GQ article that just hurts us. There's legitimate outrage against injustice. But then there's the kind of outrage that has to be directed towards self. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, I've how have I been a problem to this? How have I been in collusion to this? and um and so life in the twitterverse is always interesting it, it, it and the and outrage can never just be our you know one main sort of fuel but um i thought these were just three things as i was going through the week that went oh my goodness these were very powerful things to to read to hear to see and to feel like they were worth commenting on so kevin final thoughts my friend final thoughts uh what's, your, it- what's your best roast best roast in crimson cup
1: uh you don't care okay but it's interesting i'm sitting in mike's library here and he has a book called pour your heart into it how starbucks built a company one cup at a time yep. which is about coffee
0: yeah it's about leadership but yes
1: it's my about friend, my friend david gave that coffee song. yeah and i just wanted the world to know no, that it's about leadership that you secretly no. have a little obsession for this great <laughs> gift of god <laughs> Called coffee, but I do think when I read this uh, from Beth Moore, uh, it was. It, it, I think it sparked a lot of things in my own heart. I used to lead conferences and events, and um, was kind of in the world that, that she's in um, from from the, the the production side, not necessarily the writing or speaking side. Uh, but it was just amazing to be like. I, I thought. I think I've always wondered, how does she feel when when she goes to these events where some of the bigger names who fall into this this letter um mm-hmm. are there and uh yeah. i just i just broke my heart um as i was reading this uh and just i just felt sad mm-hmm. i felt sad to be a, a man uh, if, if that makes sense yeah, like course. you're just like these uh, i love these guys are brothers as well but man he just screwed up <laughs> a few times and, and and what's amazing is the different events that i led i mean i've been so blessed and touched by by many uh of the women theologians speakers um it, it's just i just never have had thoughts like this and, right. and and so many of them i've just done so much for my own walk and uh yeah i don't even I don't know if that's the right way to say it but mm-hmm. um that's uh, good yeah it's just i i actually led a a conference with a group that they said you know absolutely no woman will be allowed to teach on stage and i remember just looking at the guy saying are you are you kidding me like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard and uh you know he went on and on to the reasons why and um you know we we didn't end up partnering i mean it just it didn't happen because i'm like that's just that's just not what we do so uh so, yeah, thanks, Beth, for putting this out there um, and, yep. uh, at the same time. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. So I, I don't know if those were final thoughts. Those but Those are great thoughts. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's just too bad. Yeah. So so with that, brothers and sisters, again, sometimes we want to talk theology. Sometimes we want to um, just react to things that are going out in, uh, on in the world because, you know, and the irony of that GQ article – the reason the Bible is thought to be what that person said is because of the two examples that followed. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, we're Christ- it's your Christian duty to stay in a physically abusive household. It's your Christian duty um, to shut up women when you're at the table and, you know, to learn in quietness and submission. And um, you know, and, and, and always we want to be skeptical. Uh, we don't want to just go with the the cultural flow. Of course, we want to test everything, hold on to the good. But there are times when culture really does lead um, the church community, and I think this is one of those one of those times. And so, um, to that end, we 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 bless the fact that la- the light of truth is shining. Um, and for those of us who are you know big time sinners, um, it's it's good it's good to see that um, the the future of Christianity, at least in its American forms, will look much different than, than what the past has looked like. And Absolutely. so that's a good thing.
1: So what, so I just, as, how would you, um, what is, what are the, what is the, the future, the good, and maybe like two sentences or a brief summary of saying, Moving forward from Beth's letter, like what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, what is that? Oh yeah how do you how do you feel Christian culture is moving towards in a positive way, where hopefully the next Beth Moore, the next twenty five right. year old woman, uh, might not have the same experience. Like, where where, where are oh, we? It's headed? already
0: it's you see yeah, what, that already. What do, you, what do you
1: mean by that? Well,
0: um, I have no doubt that that this stuff still goes on uh, right. among and uh, two women under thirty. But there's this whole new raising of voices, particularly on social media. I mean, that social media is now allowed for the amplification of voices. We've just never, they, they, they've never been given platforms in any other way. Um, the amount of scholarship coming from um, theologians who are female is just ridiculously awesome. I mean, I have books and books and books written by female scholars, and I just laugh because... Even when I thought, okay, women shouldn't be like, you're the primary teacher. Um, I was still reading those books <laughs> and, and allowing them to form a shape. Maybe it's just the hypocrisy of the position. So, so it's already happening first. Secondly, it is now, we are now at a place where things are being spoken of culturally that have always been hidden. And... Um, And and what that does, it it does a a very negative thing in the sense that the people who are already suspicious of church religion are just given far more ammunition uh, to be suspicious of it. But on the other side, um, what what it's doing is it's showing that Jesus, like when you get a glimpse of Jesus in the New Testament after the gospels, you get one in Acts and then you get one in uh, Revelation where Jesus is speaking to churches and he's actually kicking some butt. It's like he, he wasn't totally happy with everything going on in his church, and uh, and and I think we've just kind of drifted from uh, holy reverence. Um, we've drifted from a concern for holiness. It's like we're so grace saturated. It's like it really doesn't matter what I do and how I live. Um, that that now this is this underbelly is being exposed, and 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 there'll be a great and beautiful overcorrection, but that will need. Further correcting down the line, against the some of the cultural forms of Christianity we've been handed, uh, particularly uh, its its singular masculine expressions, masculine not muscular, masculine expressions. Um, you're now you're now seeing uh, men in positions of authority and and influence. Um, openly advocating and sharing platforms, which is, which is beautiful, uh, conferences like you used to do, not, not distinguishing between male and female. It's just, Hey, is God at work? Are you gifted? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I think there's a lot of good, like Bible study out there about the, pa- the, the passages that are often used by complementarians. Um, so is that, I mean, that's more in two, two sentences, is that? Yeah, help? no. I just wanted to end well. I End like, okay, no, no, like,
1: like, what's the okay? What? Where are we moving uh, right. as a culture? And uh, um, it's just, it's amazing that she could write this now and speak right. it now, and, and that's fantastic. Well, and I
0: just got an email from Bonnie, um, referencing that article and her experience. We've had Bonnie on our show several times, and uh, man, she's lived this like crazy. I'll, I'll, uh, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm reading her email. Um, but but she's somebody um, to to listen to about this as well. So maybe we can have her on. And and again, it's not. Here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. I think this is super important. It's not about being. I, I don't. I don't want to apologize because I'm male. I don't want to apologize because I'm white. I don't want to apologize because I'm heterosexual. I want to apologize because I've done things that looking back have, have contributed to the pollution. You know what I'm saying? This isn't about just feeling bad that you're a guy. It's about recognizing the way you've added to the pollution and, and now being an advocate for, um, an entirely new church culture. Right. Um, and and so for me, Uh, this isn't like the, the goal here isn't to be, uh, my goal isn't to be woke. My goal is to be Jesus-y. And, um, so when I, when you come into contact with things in culture, where clearly Jesus elevated women and, um, and, and culture at the same time is pulling down, um, you know, so many of the curtains that, that darkness is hid behind. Um, we can get on board with that as Jesus people. Make sense. Yes. Um, and, and and I'm not. I don't mean to get into race or sexuality or anything. I'm just saying, it's not just enough. So so because some people, I will hear this from people. They'll say, well, listen. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm white. Then I'm sorry. I'm male. Then I'm sorry. I'm straight. I mean, what, what do you want me to do? I didn't do anything. And um, and and. To recognize that in the Bible, there is such a thing as institutional evil that gets codified into culture in ways that, that, that pr- the privileged classes never even see. That's a true thing. I mean, we live in a neighborhood. Okay, I found this out after we moved here. We live in a neighborhood that an, until the 1950s, had, uh, le- that there were laws on the books that prevented houses here from being sold to people of color and, and to Jewish people okay there was a uh, it's true i've seen them it is i mean like that sort of institutional thing um does have to be apologized for and repented for and i was the beneficiary of it in ways i never knew and then we wonder why upper arlington is so freaking white hmm Hmm, I don't know. It was designed to be that way. You know what I'm saying? So to me, this isn't about just the, the slapping on there. Hey, man, I'm just sorry. I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm just sorry. I'm white. I'm just sorry. I'm straight. No, 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 no. It's got to go deeper than that. But but the end result of it isn't just this. Well, I wish I were uh, a person of color. or I wish I were uh, uh, somebody that experienced persecution. No, no, no. That, the issue isn't that. The issue instead is I want to be like Jesus, um, and Jesus treated all of these people so beautifully. Jesus treated people with the imago. Is this making sense? I'm worried I'm stepping on, like, I'm fuzzy here. No, it makes Am sense. I fuzzy? No, it makes total sense.
1: You're opening up, like, 12 more podcast issues. Um, yeah, but, but I'm just trying to say yeah, the generic apology
0: yeah. isn't what we're
1: after. No, right, right. No, it's got to be the
0: looking back
1: to say... That, well the generic apology doesn't mean anything. Yes. Because it's like you can't change the fact that you're white, you can't change the fact that you, all those different things you said. <laughs> I mean it is, you know. It, it is what it is. And so it, it, I think going deeper, it's
0: like getting past that yes. is the the point here. So it's easy for for me to read Beth Moore's letter and go, man, those freaking idiots. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What what a what a bunch of jerks. But, but the deeper move then is for me to go, okay, Lord, um, show me my jerkness, you know, show me mine. And maybe it was more subtle, maybe whatever it, it's irrelevant. I mean, that's just, that's the log in the spec thing all over again. And so, so when we're, cause I'm pushing back against the objection that I hear in my head from people that are just like, listen, man. You know i didn't do any of this stuff why do we why why are why is everyone bagging on white straight men you know it's not it's not all our fault and um and there's a sense in which that's true and that's false right 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 um it's true in the sense that yeah i i personally have not owned any slaves right right but the culture i've benefited from did and the world that i've lived in has and the 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 cultural inheritance has certainly favored white people in ways that like moving here i had no idea i had no idea right. that was horrifying like that was a real thing and and not so long ago right And, um, and, and you realize, oh my goodness, this, this stuff is still here and, and, and we have to do something, we have to do something about it. So the future, so there is this justice thing. And of course there'll be missteps along the way, but there's this beautiful telling the truth moment now that, um, of course Jesus loves. Oh my goodness. Jesus loves it. Jesus is, he is the God of truth. Right? He shines light. I mean, and he even says this. He says things like, you know, what's been whispered in rooftop or what's been whispered in corners will be shouted from rooftops. Right? Every care you will have to give an account for every careless word you've uttered. And you're like, Okay, I've uttered a lot of careless words. So this is a I think there's some some deep holiness in these in these moments. And um and so anyway, just kudos to people like Beth and people like Bonnie who have you know, literally just been at this for years in the face of crazy stuff just to do what they thought God was telling them to do, you know? So anyway. And they I, kept doing it. They kept
1: moving forward. That's what's, that's what's amazing. They yeah, didn't they didn't up. stop. They didn't give up. And that's that's incredible, too. So... But yeah, I think I think what you're what you're mentioning about is is the, the things you can't change about yourself necessarily, but that's not authentic, right? And so I think the call uh, and the need and the desire is to be authentic, just like just like yeah. Beth is. She's reaching deep within her soul to share some really hard stuff, and uh, it's
0: doing a lot of good. And so well, and, I, the, I and the guy from Gospel Coalition was really specific. He wasn't his apology was was incredible because he wasn't just saying, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry," you know. That, that we've treated you this way. He actually named specific instances where he was silent and it, where other people had spoken negatively of her. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was like, dude, that's what I'm talking about. That's amazing. Yeah. This isn't, this is, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, all that is to say, right. there's much more to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, love you, Kevin number two. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining in. Uh, what kind of coffee were you drinking when you walked in? Uh, it's
1: because it's warm today. Uh, iced uh, an iced latte, no no sugar, no flavor, uh, just uh, just a nice little cold cold so coffee it, drink this it morning. Do? So no what flavor. does it do? It makes me as handsome as I am, and, and it keeps me awake during
0: your monologues. <laughs> okay, and, that's fair. The handsome uh, comment is the reason why you don't have any sales yet. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. So if you're out there, that was a passive aggressive way to say call me. Buy some coffee. Yes. <laughs> Crimsoncup.com, ladies and gentlemen. A newer advertiser. Oh right. They're gonna be you should they're gonna be so thrilled. You should. <laughs> We'll charge you.
1: They're gonna pay. They're gonna make me pay them money just to, <laughs> to do this.
0: All right, brothers and sisters. Well, thank you, Kevin, for your time. Hey, thanks for letting me be here. Yep. Love it. And uh, may the Lord bless you all and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance to you and may He give you peace in these days, my brothers and sisters. Go build the kingdom. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at voxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash voxpodcast.